You're listening to the Hindu Business Line's Field Notes podcast with T.R. Vivek. Hello and welcome to another episode of Field Notes, the weekly podcast from the Hindu Business Line on all things agribusiness. I'm your host, T.R. Vivek. You can listen to Field Notes on our website, www.businessline.in and find us on Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts. The show is also now available on Business Line's YouTube channel as well. For feedback and comments, and if you'd like to hear about any issue in particular, do write to me. My email is in the show's notes. We are now in September. In about 45 days, large swathes of India's northern plains and the national capital region will begin to be covered in a thick blanket of grey smog. The air quality plummets, turning cities into veritable gas chambers. The smoke from the mass burning of paddy stubble by farmers of Punjab and Haryana is not only a public health risk, especially during the COVID pandemic, but also a global embarrassment for India. Why do farmers burn the stubble and why can't we find a scientific solution for what seems a simple enough problem? There may be some relief at hand this year. The Indian Agriculture Research Institute, IARI, the country's apex agri-research organization, has come up with a new bioenzyme that can decompose the rice stubble as an alternative to burning of it by farmers. And it is tied up with a company called Nurture Farm, which is a subsidiary of the large Indian agri-conglomerate called United Phosphorus, to distribute it to farmers pretty much for free. To talk about the problem of crop burning and its solutions, I am joined by Dr. Ashok Kumar Singh, Director of IARI, and Dhruv Sani, the CEO of Nurture Farm. Dr. Singh is a renowned genetic scientist who specializes in rice breeding. And Dhruv has nearly two and a half decades of experience running businesses in technology and the food and agri space. Welcome, gentlemen, to Field Notes. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Singh, let me begin with you. For listeners in the South, people like me who are rice eaters and these are very large rice growing regions, what is this stubble burning and why haven't we heard of it at all? Why haven't we experienced this? What necessitates the need to burn crop stubble? Well, the rice is a staple food for Indians and for two-thirds of humanity. In India, rice is grown in 44 million hectare area. And we produce as much as paddy straw per unit area. For example, one hectare, as much we produce paddy grain. So roughly we get about six tons of paddy and equivalent amount of paddy straw is produced. Now, the major cropping system which is followed in northwestern plain zone, consisting of Punjab, Haryana, western UP, and goes up to Bihar and West Bengal, is rice followed by wheat crop. Now, mm-hmm. generally, when the rice varieties are of long duration, about 160 days, 155 days, then after harvesting rice and sowing of wheat, there is hardly any gap available. And if wheat sowing is delayed, then the wheat yield gets drastically reduced. And therefore, farmers resort to burning paddy straw after harvesting paddy with combine they burn it and then immediately after that they go for wheat sowing and this happens you know towards end of october and first week of november when it is at the peak so so that's the main but why reason do they burn farming. it what is the reason to burn it can't they sort of to use a layman's term can't they pluck it out in some manner what advantage does burning give them as farmers well burning as such does not give advantage of any kind in terms of environment it causes pollution in terms of soil health because when you burn the paddy straw on the soil surface 
increases the soil surface temperature goes up it kills all the microbes that are present in the soil so it poses health risk to the people who are living in and around and also far distant places because smog travels to other places also but the only reason farmers born is that after harvesting paddy and sowing of it hardly there is one week time available and so much of paddy extra because most of this harvesting of paddy happens by mechanical means by combine after harvesting with combine grain is separated and paddy extra is left in the field so there are a number of options that farmers can choose one is that you have options of baling by which you can make bales using machines balers and remove the extra from field then field is neat and clean because for taking up wheat sowing the field has to be cleaned otherwise wheat sowing operations cannot be facilitated number 2 if it is not removed then you have to follow the options of in situ management of paddy straw right in the field how do you manage paddy straw so currently what is being done one option is that you go for a mold board plow so you plow the paddy straw in the field and then provide irrigation so that it decomposes in the soil there is option of happy seeder which is a machine which is well designed to take up sowing of wheat in the standing paddy straw when the paddy straw is there it can be machine can take up sowing under that situation and third option is a machine called super seeder which is also used for facilitating sowing of wheat when paddy straw is there in the field so these are mechanical devices which are being used currently but in order to facilitate that we have come out with this technology what we call as pusa decomposer interesting uh, before we come to that i wanted to ask you a couple of more basic questions about the genesis of this problem how recent is this problem you know i have lived in delhi about 15 16 years ago the problem wasn't as exacerbated as it seems to be today what has happened in the recent past and why do farmers prefer long duration rice crops which take 150 days as opposed to shorter duration crops what is the advantage that they get so the major advantage of you know having long duration varieties and one of the most commonly grown varieties pusa 44 developed by our institute which takes about 155 days these varieties are very high yielding their yield potential is 8 to 10 tons per hectare as against if you take a short duration variety which is 120 days 125 days then there is a drastic reduction in yield that comes down to about 6 tons per hectare so it is talking about basmati rice here sir not really i am talking of the non basmati rice varieties even in non basmati we have varieties of shorter duration of 125 days 130 days and pusa 44 which is a long duration variety so that has got very high yield so the difference between the short duration and the long duration varieties about 2 to 2.5 tons per hectare and since farmer is following only rice wheat cropping system of wheat after rice he has to take wheat so he doesn't mind you know having a long duration variety but if he can get more but then the problem comes that after having long duration variety you don't have time left for wheat sowing and wheat sowing if it is delayed to manage by distra then wheat yield is uh, reduced drastically so that's mm-hmm. the main reason and the problem has been there but it has accentuated in last uh, almost a decade it is quite serious last 5 6 years it has been really intensified more and more mechanical uh, operations have got into combine harvesting and other things which is also a problem which has happened because of mechanization when paddy harvesting was mm-hmm. done by manual means so you employ labor you cut it from the ground and remove everything it was taken out but with the mechanization with combine harvesting testing the paddy straw is left in the field now removing yeah. paddy straw mechanically from the field it again it's very labor intensive it cost about 2 to 3000 rupees per acre so additional burden on the farmers and therefore they find it much easier to just use a mat stick and burn it now tell us about this new decomposer that you have come up with what does it do and how does this help to be an alternative for the mat stick 
So I must say that this technology, what we call as Pusa decomposer, is a consortia of seven fungal species. And these fungal species, most of these fungi, they live in soil. They have been isolated from soil for their ability to decompose Pedistra. So the, after isolating them, purifying them, we have seen their efficacy on decomposing Pedistra. And then based on their efficacy, we have selected the seven fungal species and the consortia is prepared. These are used in form of a culture and is sprayed on the uh, Pedistra after it is harvested by combined and then it is subjected to a rotavator mixed with the soil and then water is applied. Then the fungus starts producing certain enzymes. These enzymes are pectinases, gluconases, and these are able to decompose pedestra much faster. So it takes about 25 to 30 days after we apply it to decompose the istra completely. I must say here that the decomposer is a complementary solution. It is not substitute for machines. You see, paddy has to be harvested and for harvesting, we have to use combined, right? So whether we are doing and after combined harvesting, paddy extra has to be managed, whether we use moldboard plow to put it in the soil or we go for happy cedar or we go for super cedar. In all three combinations, decomposer can be applied and this will help accelerating the process of decomposition of paddy extra. And when Mm -hmm. paddy extra decomposes in soil, it enriches soil with nutrients. It also increases organic carbon of the soil and at the same time reduces the pollution that happens because of uh, burning. So long-term sustainable solution, if we talk about, this is certainly long-term sustainable solution for keeping good soil health. And when we talk of one health, all, whether it is animal health, plant health, human health, it all originates from the soil. If our soil is healthy, everybody is healthy. If soil is sick, soil mm-hmm. is not healthy, everybody gets uh, into problem. And therefore, we must take mm-hmm. care of Mother Earth, Mother Soil. And this is therefore a very sustainable solution to enrich soil with organic carbon and with biomass. Is this the magic bullet that we've been waiting for? Can we look forward to this problem being eliminated altogether with innovations like the Busa decomposer? So people have to understand its long-term benefit. I would not call it magic because when we say magic, it gives the impression that the moment you spray the solution, the pedestra will disappear from the field. That's not going to happen. It has its own action time. It takes 25 days to 30 days to decompose and it has to be followed by certain procedures that is subjecting it to a rotavator to mix it with the soil and then applying a light irrigation. And that accelerates the process of decomposition. Then along with that, it requires, as I said, a minimum 25 to 30 days. And therefore, we have to do away with the long duration varieties of paddy. If you cannot do this 150 days, 155 days variety, if they are under cultivation, then obviously you need another 30 days to make the field ready for wheat sowing. That means it would not be so sustainable. And therefore, developing varieties, which are about, say, 125 to 130 days paddy variety, they give about 20 to 25 days time between rice and wheat. So that's another thing that we are working through breeding program. But at the same time, we have to make sure that these early duration varieties are also, if not as high yielding as the long duration variety, at least they are close to them so that the farmers do not lose their profitability. Do tell me about Nurture Farm's involvement with this. What is the idea in partnering with IARI and what do you do? How will you help in promoting the adoption of this innovation? Yeah, great question, Vivek. So I think Nurture Farm has come into existence with one single goal, which is helping build farmer resilience. And farmers today are 
extremely challenged because of smaller land holdings. I think access to farm mechanization is still extremely low and the shared economy models don't exist. And so as such, the farmer's ability to make a meaningful livelihood from the small land holdings is fast depleting. You know, the cost of manpower is going up. There are multiple challenges in terms of discovering new knowledge systems of how they can take care of pests, how they can get better soil health and continue to evolve agriculture to being more sustainable overall and help transition to sustainable practices. So that is our vision in terms of helping farmers reduce their cost of operation and increase the yield and productivity, thereby achieving the goal of doubling farmers' income. Now to that end, we focused heavily on how do we transition some of these, you know, like Dr. Singh said, very challenging practices and help farmers adopt. And we believe nurture is positioned really well because we believe that technology is going to drive a lot of this revolution. Reaching every farmer's household, every rural household is our ambition. And we are building the digital highway through which we can start guiding and getting those knowledge systems in the hands of farmers. So in in this last 18 months, Nurture has already got over a million farmers that are on our platform. In the last three, four months, in the early part of this year, we onboarded on a pilot basis, five lakh acres out of approximately the 5.7 lakh acres that is burned every year. And I think that number is probably increasing each year. So our mission was to really identify what are the best technologies available, including some of the farm mechanization opportunities that Dr. Singh mentioned, the rotavator, happy seeder, super seeder, all of these are absolutely essential to driving the right transformation. Now we definitely identified Pusa Decomposer as a great bio soil friendly technology. I think the challenge was that the form it was available in was a capsule form required two weeks of preparation by farmers and the system to then disperse it across their fields weren't readily available. What do you mean when you say systems to use it or disperse it? There is a two-week preparation time, I think, for the capsule form to then prepare the actual enzyme that can be dispersed in the field, right? So uh, typically farmers would be using some sort of a pipe to then go spray across field, which may or may not be suitable over large areas, right? For a small farm, it's still okay, one to two acres. But beyond that, it starts becoming challenging. This is where we identified a real need where farm mechanization through boom sprayers could actually disperse and spray this with good efficacy across larger areas in a more time-efficient manner. Time is our enemy here, as Dr. Singh rightly said, right? We have a very limited window between the two seasons. And unless we give adequate amount of time for the decomposition to happen, farmers won't see the benefit of this. So what we actually did was with another sister concern within the UPL umbrella, NPP, which work on biosolutions, we actually looked at how we can sort of transform the core PUSA technology to a more sprayable powder form, which is what we've done. And now this is in the form that is easily water soluble and ready to deploy at scale. So what we've done over the last essentially one year that we've been working closely with IRI is we've taken that technology, got their scientists and our scientists working together to get this into a form that it can be scaled and deployed in a short amount of time. The second thing we've done is we've applied gig economy for the first time in rural India. We introduced gig economy for the first time where we got people from these very villages, trained them on the idea of crop residue management and what needs to happen. We created employment for them in a gig economy mode where they went and onboarded farmers from those villages onto our digital platform. 
the beauty of this is that now we have tens of thousands of farmers over 25000 farmers signed up for this on a pilot scale where we know exactly where their farms are we know the acreage we know the variety that they've sown and we know the approximate harvest date and time now with this information we are in a much better position to orchestrate this entire operation and it will be a complete military like operation as you can imagine where we will be positioning these boom sprayers with all of the pusa decomposer product that has to go in the enzyme that has to go in in the right clusters at the right time following the harvest cycle who pays uh, for it so does the farmer have to have to fork out the money or is it something that you don't charge the farmer for So we are not charging the farmer anything for this this is an absolutely free service and obviously the next logical question you would ask is why is it free right and is it sustainable what is it for you what's in it for us absolutely we are not doing this purely out of charity i'll be absolutely honest right we are doing this to make this a sustainable and a successful transition to sustainable agricultural practices somebody has to take the first step somebody has to put faith and trust forward and nurture is choosing to do that because we believe when farmers see the benefit of this when they get lauded and applauded for doing the right thing because they have the right partners and the right knowledge systems and the right technologies in their hand they will be incentivized to take on further additional sustainable practices so what we are doing is now that we have farmers on board we are also introducing further sustainable practices such as awd and dsr now these will help further reduce greenhouse gas emission they will further help reduce the consumption of water to grow rice and all of these will unlock value in the value chain for farmers and for us and we are also deeply focused on creating a new green label of sustainably grown crops we believe that if we can start measuring and start providing traceability to every acre of rice or any crop which is sustainably grown the world is ready for it the world will be willing to pay that extra 1 or 2 rupees a kilo which probably only translates to 5 paisa per meal for you and me so when we start thinking about it and start connecting every individual to every farm and this is only possible through digital technologies we believe change is very much possible and all of the stars are aligned for us to start driving that change but yes most definitely somebody has to take the first move and make that first investment of faith and trust Dr Singh tell us about the scale of the problem and what are your targets and ambitions in terms of the number of farmers or the area of land that you hope to reach starting this year and going forward so as i said that the total rice area in the country is 44 million hectare if you just focus on the state of punjab alone and haryana punjab mm-hmm. grows rice in 3 million hectare area and haryana grows in 1.2 million hectare area so you can imagine you know from 3 million hectare area in punjab on an average 5 tons if you take about 15 to 20 million tons of paddy biomass is produced and that's huge actually is not that 100% of it is burned completely at present but yes a good proportion of this is being burned so we have been measuring it very regularly from 2016 onward the number of fire spots total which have mm-hmm. come substantially down from 2016 to 2018 there was almost 50% reduction and that happened because of the 
intervention by the government by means of machine substitutions. Machines were provided, you know, bailing for happy seeders and super seeders, and these kinds of things were provided, and that reduced the instance to, to a great extent. But still, a lot of it is being born, about 60,000 fire spots, if you see. We do this regular measurement through satellite imaging from our institute, and we have narrowed it down to not district level, even to the village level, and the coordinates of each and every field which is burned is available with us. So that would help in coordinating like what are the farmers who have adopted the technology and in those areas where the burning has happened or not, that can be precisely measured through satellite uh, imaging system. So that, that's where now this is very important that we create awareness among the farmers, tell them about the value that this technology offers, long-term solution that it offers to environment, to soil health and other issues. And people, once they understand the benefits, definitely they will adopt it. I am sure about it. Do you have a target in mind? By so, this well, year, as, we should yeah, have so we had uh, we had burn uh, free farms. Uh, well, that's a big target because, as I said, out of three million hectare area, about five lakh hectare is basmati paddy in Punjab, and in Haryana also about five lakh hectare is basmati paddy. So basmati paddy generally not burned because people harvest it manually. Because if they harvest by combine, there is high proportion of broken rice, so it is harvested mm-hmm. manually, and that paddy is tried removed. But rest is still, you know, close to three million hectare, both Punjab and Haryana put together. So 100% coverage in the technology would not be possible. The target set by UPL as is about to say 5 lakh acres and 5 lakh acres is about 2 lakh hectare area. If that is covered to start with, I would say that this is a very good achievement. And once the people realize the benefit, uh, I think the adoption of the technology will be very, very fast. And that, that's yeah. what our main objective is. As you said that upscaling, large scale application, giving the time window, this is very crucial. And that is where mechanization and application of decomposure is also extremely important. Manual spraying, having a backpack. Slightly unrelated, slightly unrelated question. I've often wondered, should Punjab be growing rice at all? Very good question. And I would like to say that we must diversify agriculture in Punjab if Punjab agriculture has to become sustainable. And there are a couple of options available. For example, soybean in Kharif season, particularly soybean, maize and pigeon pea. These are three very viable options. And soybean, maize together can address also the problem of edible oil that we are importing about 70,000 crores annually. If soybean is diversified in place of rice, this would be a very good option. And soybean can very well grow in Punjab. A little longer duration variety is about 135 days varieties. They will yield better than the varieties which are there in central India. Hardly you get about 12 quintals per hectare. But in Punjab, you can get about 25 quintals per hectare easily of soybean. So if there is a remunerative price provided, assurance provided for market, linkage with market with for soybean, for maize, this could be a very good option for diversification in Punjab and that will provide solution for rice farming and that will address many problems in one go. The first problem of probably burning, pollution that happens, the labor problem that you need in case of rice because highly labor intensive for transplanting and then the water problem. You use about 3,000 to 4,000 liters of water for production of one kilogram of rice. So with this diversification, these three problems can be addressed. Dhruv, Dr. Singh, thank you very much for joining us today. And I hope this will be a much less bleaker winter for the northern plains of India. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Vivek.